Seems like every time the Orioles play at Fenway Park, weird stuff happens. And guess what? More weird stuff happened this weekend. But it doesn't matter how weird it is, as long as the Orioles come out with a series win. And that's exactly what they did in Boston over the weekend. I'll recap the Orioles series win over the Red Sox coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, September 11th, 2023. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to recap the Orioles series victory over the Boston Red Sox this weekend as they went up to Fenway Park and in wild fashion took two out of three from the Sox to remain in first place in the AL East. I'll break down all three games, getting you the five things you need to know from Friday's blowout win with Ryan O'Hearn hitting the ball hard and Kyle Bradish pitching well. The five things you need to know from Saturday's crazy 13-12 victory with all the bats going against Chris Sale and how the Orioles bullpen somehow held up. And then finally, a recap of the 7-3 loss Sunday. What went wrong, especially on the defensive end for the Orioles. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So, today's episode is about a series win, as the Orioles went into Boston for the second and also final time of the season took two out of three from the Red Sox, and finish up a nine-game road trip at 7-2. and two. And listen, the O's could have swept this series, right? You could, you kind of feel like they could have won all nine games of this road trip. But when you go on the road for a trip that has six games out west, and then you still come back east, and you win seven of nine, that is the sign of a really, really good baseball team. And that is exactly what the Orioles did this weekend. Seven out of nine, they get two out of three from the Red Sox, winning 11-2 on Friday night, winning a crazy 13-12 game on Saturday, and then losing 7-3 on Sunday, unable to complete the sweep over Boston. But the Orioles stay in first place. And now I get it, right? A Mariners team that continues to be Kind of useless. A franchise that's never won anything continued to not win this weekend. As the last time we talked on Friday, I was kind of recording in the middle of game one of Rays and Mariners. And the Mariners ended up winning that game one nothing on Thursday night to start out that four-game series. And I was like, all right, great start, Seattle. Try to get one or two more from the Rays. Uh, they got a big fat zero more from the Rays. The Rays won the next three games of the series and took three out of four from Seattle this weekend. So... It was a three-and-a-half game lead for the O's. Tampa gets three of four. O's get two of three. The Orioles' lead is three games over the Rays in the AL East, heading into play on Monday, as the Orioles' record now sits at 90-52, and 52, with 20 games remaining in the season. So let's start with Friday. Take it back to the first win of the series. The five things you need to know from the Orioles' 11-2 victory over the Red Sox at Fenway Park on Friday night. The first thing you need to know is Ryan O'Hearn. You can't say enough about Ryan O'Hearn at this point, but he just continues to smash 
the baseball pretty much every time he comes to the plate for the Orioles. And, you know, later this year and mostly in the offseason, we're going to do a full Ryan O'Hearn episode and just kind of look at his turnaround and what he meant to the Orioles lineup this year. But, I mean, unless the O's are facing a lefty starter in the playoffs, you are penciling in Ryan O'Hearn to the lineup. That's where we are with Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn, who was DFA'd by the Kansas City Royals, who you could argue is the worst team in baseball this year. He continues to hit it hard, though. And in Friday night's game, he did more of the same. Two for four for O'Hearn with a solo home run and an RBI and three hard hit balls on the day. O'Hearn started the day with a 105.1 mile per hour line out. Then his home run, which opened the scoring in the fourth, gave the Orioles a 1-0 lead, a solo shot off of Red Sox right-handed starter Tanner Houck, 109.7 off the bat. And then he had a single later in the game that was 102.5 off the bat. Man was just crushing the baseball as he has done all year. And O'Hearn, who also in this series had a one for four on Sunday, and we did not see him in the crazy game Saturday, is hitting 305 with an 842 OPS and a 129 WRC plus for the Orioles this year. Has just been incredible. 53% hard hit rate for O'Hearn this season. Among players with at least 200 batted balls this year, he is in the top 10 in all of baseball in hard hit percentage, second on the Orioles only to Gunnar Henderson. He has been legit, he has been awesome, and he has saved the Orioles at times this season. Now, didn't really need to save him Friday. It's an 11-2 win. It was still impressive, and the reason why he didn't need to save him is because the Orioles' two young stars, Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, certainly did their work as well in Friday night's victory. Adley hitting out of the leadoff spot goes two for four with a home run, a walk, and three RBIs. Adley had four hard hit balls in this game, including a home run late that he kind of snuck around the pesky pole as the Orioles made a really late rally in this game, which we'll get to. But Adley's had some great games at Fenway. Remember, the five-hit game on opening day at Fenway Park comes back has another good day in this one. Had a 102 ground into a double play, a 100 mile per hour single, 101 mile per hour sack fly, and the home run was hit 106 off the bat, traveled 371 feet for Adley Rutschman. Just mashing the baseball, doing what he does, having a great year. And then Gunnar Henderson in the two spot. Three for six, a double, a triple, a single, an RBI, and a strikeout and three hard hit balls. Only thing he didn't do was homer in this game. He was a home run away from the cycle. But when you get one and two of Rutschman and Henderson in the lineup, and those two guys combine to go five for ten, they drive in four runs, they have three extra base hits, they score four runs, that is what is going to make this offense hum, and that is what happened on Friday. Third thing you need to know from the Orioles, 11-2 victory over the Red Sox on Friday night, is that it was more big innings for the Orioles. The big innings have kind of been a theme for the O's over the past week and a half or so, and they continued with the big innings in this one. Now, they got the one nothing lead on the O'Hearn home run in the fourth, but then it was a couple of crooked numbers that really put this game away. It was a four-run six that put the Orioles up 5 nothing. Then they got two in the eighth, and then they added on four in the ninth for good measure in this game to end up with 11 runs on 14 hits in this one. Now, it was nice that O'Hearn got the homer in the fourth, but that sixth inning rally was really the difference in this game. Started with a Santander walk, then an O'Hearn single, and after Mountcastle struck out, Cedric Mullins doubled over the head of the right fielder, scored a couple of runs. Austin Hayes had a single, Jordan Westberg walks, Ramon Arias hit by a pitch, and then Adley Rutschman gets a sack fly, and all of a sudden you've got four runs on the board 
if you're the Orioles and you're starting to pull away in this game. And then, you know, you tack on a couple more and a couple more and it's seven to two and you get to the ninth and you're thinking, okay, seven to two in the ninth. You don't have to bring in Cano. You still feel pretty good about that. But the Orioles offense is still never done. And they kept piling on in the ninth inning with one out. Hayes walks, Westberg walks, Ramona Rios gets a single. Adley Rutschman grounds into a force out that Gunnar Henderson singles. You get a McKenna walk. You get a big Aaron Hicks single who had a nice day. And you just add on four more runs in the inning like it was nothing for the O's and truly, truly put that game away on the offensive end. Fourth thing you need to know from the O's win on Friday night as we switch it over to the pitching side, Kyle Bradish was really good again. And this was another step forward in the development of Kyle Bradish because one team he has really struggled against in his career is the Red Sox. And one place he has really, really struggled is pitching at Fenway Park. He had by far his worst start of 2022 at Fenway Park. Actually had a couple of bad ones there last year. Did not start at Fenway in the first series this year, but he gets his revenge in this one. Kyle Bradish on Friday goes six innings of two-run ball on four hits, nine strikeouts, no walks, and one homer allowed on 86 pitches. Now, the Red Sox did square him up a bit. They had nine hard-hit balls in six innings, and he did kind of, I won't say unravel, but cracked a little bit. He threw five scoreless, and then he did give up two runs in the sixth, but was able to finish the sixth inning and keep the Orioles up five to two at the time that he left the game. And it was just another start of six innings, two runs. That's basically what Bradish has been putting up for the last month and a half, is six innings, two runs every single time he goes out there. But this one was also pretty dominant because of the strikeouts. And it was a really interesting night where he only got 11 swings and misses, which is not a very high number for Kyle Bradish. Yet he had nine strikeouts. The called strikes were his friend. And when he needed a whiff with two strikes, he got one with the slider or with the curveball. That was really the difference for Bradish in this game. I wouldn't say it was his best start. I wouldn't say he had his best stuff, but he's just so good at this point that even when he doesn't, it's six innings, two runs, nine Ks against one of the best offenses in baseball, against one of the in one of the toughest parks to pitch in. Kyle Bradish is an ace of this Orioles staff. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from the Orioles' Friday night win in this series in Boston is that after Bradish left the game, the Orioles' bullpen did a good job. And now they got some help, you know, with the offense getting two more in the eighth and getting four in the ninth. But even so, you know, the O's, as we saw later in the series, it wasn't very easy for the bullpen to hold some leads. They did so on Friday night. Jacob Webb had a 1-2-3 inning with a strikeout. D.L. Hall threw a scoreless eighth with a walk and a K. And then Jorge Lopez came in, looked really good. 1-2-3 ninth with a couple of Ks to lock down the 11-2 win. Really nice night for the bullpen, you know, not having to, to get in trouble at all. Just kind of getting that lead, suffocating the Red Sox and taking game one in the series. But the Orioles were not done after game one. They were looking for a series win on Saturday. Saturday involved a rain delay. Saturday involved some weird weather. Saturday involved a whole lot of offense. Yet the Orioles made some history with the 13-12 victory on Saturday to clinch the series. I'll tell you how they did it coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events like Orioles games at Oriole Park should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you, but especially the Baltimore Orioles. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and with the best price guarantee, 
you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have at Oriole Park. There are some great games coming up this week, starting a seven-game homestand against the Cardinals and then that huge series against the Rays. You can find tickets to those games on the GameTime app, and they've got flash deals. So if you decide on Thursday, you know what? It's the last minute, but I'm going to the game to see the O's take on the Rays. You can go on the GameTime app. It could be 6.30 p.m. You could buy a ticket, walk right into Camden Yards. The ticket gets sent right to your phone, makes it super, super easy as well. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the right and best price. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed so the orioles were able to get two out of three from the boston red sox this weekend to continue their lead in the al east winning 11 to 2 on friday night to open up the series it was a little tougher to get that win on saturday to clinch a series victory but they did it somehow some way with a 13 to 12 win on saturday and i'm gonna get you the five things you need to know from that one and talk about how in the world the orioles held on in that game well the first thing you need to know is the veterans in the Orioles lineup certainly came through on Saturday. I'm talking about Aaron Hicks, and I'm talking about James McCann in this game. Aaron Hicks got the start in right field. He was hitting fifth, and Aaron Hicks went out there and just, well, or excuse me, got the start in center field, moved to right late in the game. But he goes three for four with a double, a homer, a walk, and three RBIs in the game. The big blow was his three-run homer over the monster against Chris Sale in the third inning that put the Orioles up 5-2 to two at the time. Hicks was swinging a hot bat this week, and I gotta say, like it was a little slow after he initially came off the injured list with that uh, back issue, but this weekend for Aaron Hicks was, I mean, huge for him and huge for the Orioles. He goes 6-for-9 this weekend, does Aaron Hicks with 6 RBIs in the three games. He was ginormous for the O's, and that's really the big reason why the Orioles at this point in the September roster have chosen Aaron Hicks over Colton Cowser. Because Colton, although I believe in him long-term, he's going to be a really good player at the big league level, he wasn't producing. And guess who's producing? Aaron Hicks is producing for the Orioles. That's why he's still here. That's why he's playing. And he was huge for the O's this weekend. But it wasn't just Hicks. How about James McCann? Gets the start behind the dish with the lefty sail on the hill on Saturday, and McCann had his first multi-homer game as an Oriole. It was his first multi-homer game in exactly three years to the day. You had to go back to 2020 with the White Sox. All the way back on September 9th, 2020 was the last time he hit two home runs. But McCann went two for five with a couple of long balls, three RBIs in the game. Just two big blows in this one, including a, a really huge two-run shot in the fourth that kind of extended the Orioles' lead when they really needed it, or it turned out they really needed it. And they definitely needed both of those home runs from James McCann, who's been a really nice piece as the Orioles' backup catcher this year. Great defensively. Bat's been better than we thought. Just great stuff from those veterans. And, and those are guys, you know, McCann and Hicks, who have been around. They've been in the postseason. They know what it takes. They're going to be big, you know, not play a huge, huge role maybe, but be big for this Orioles team, this Orioles clubhouse down the stretch. But the second thing you need to know from the Orioles 13 to 12 win on Saturday is still don't sleep on the rookies because yes, those veterans had a big day, but 
Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg also did some big things for the O's on Saturday. Gunner in this game, yeah, he only had one hit, but it was a big one. A three-run home run from Henderson in the seventh inning did what we thought was put the game away. It put the O's up 12-6 to in the seventh with his three-run shot as he continues to try to chase down Anthony Santander for the Orioles' home run lead. But there was also some big stuff from Jordan Westberg, who had some success against Chris Sale early in the game. And we kind of have to stop and, and talk about Chris Sale right now. Chris Sale is seeing the Orioles in his nightmares this season. Now, he'll most likely get another chance to pitch against the O's because Boston will come to Baltimore for that four-game series right at the end of the season. But Sale on Saturday goes four innings, seven runs, six earned on six hits, five Ks, two walks, and two homers on 80 pitches. Chris Sale has now faced the Orioles three times this season. Here how those three starts have gone. 12 innings, 22 hits, 18 earned runs. That is a 13.50 ERA. 11 strikeouts to just five walks and five home runs allowed to the O's in those three starts. They have demolished Chris Sale this season, and they did it again Saturday. And Westberg got in on the party. He was three for four with a double, a home run, and an RBI. Didn't exactly homer off Chris Sale, but hit well against him early in the game. Now, Westberg unfortunately did leave the game in, I believe, the sixth or seventh inning. Adam Frazier replaced him defensively. And with as bad as Frazier's been at second base and as good as Westberg's been, you know that that was not just a straight defensive replacement. You knew something had to be up, especially when then Arias pinch hit for Frazier in the ninth inning of that game and came up with what ended up being a huge tack-on run, RBI single in the top of the ninth. But Brandon Hyde did say after the game he's just kind of dealing with something you know, physically right now. He said he hoped he would be available Sunday. Now, Westberg did not appear in the game on Sunday. Really, the question will be, do we see him this week against the Cardinals? Hopefully, whatever that injury is, is something very minor for Jordan Westberg. But, uh, hey, those rookies were very, very good in this one as well. Third thing you need to know from the Orioles' win Saturday against the Red Sox is that Jack Flaherty was bad again. He, he was just, he was not good in this game. Flaherty goes three and a third, allowing five runs, four of them earned on eight hits. Struck out three, walked one, give up a homer through 82 pitches, seven hard hit balls by Red Sox hitters against Flaherty. And credit to Brandon Hyde. Now, the Orioles' bullpen didn't do a great job in this game, and, and we'll talk about you know the struggles, but... The Orioles' bullpen was tasked with getting through five and two-thirds of this one because Jack Flaherty only went three and a third. And I give credit to Brandon Hyde. You know, with one out in the fourth, he turned the game over to CNL Perez with the Orioles leading because he was just like, listen, Flaherty's not getting it done. We got to hold this lead. We got to win this game. And he went to the bullpen. And the bullpen was not amazing. Don't get me wrong. But they had to make the move because Flaherty just was not good. Only six whiffs in this game on 32 swings. He just... He didn't have much at all. And since that really good start in Toronto, right after the trade, where he went six innings, gave up one run, eight strikeouts, he was dominant against the Blue Jays. Flaherty just has not been very good since then. And I don't know what the O's are going to do here. You know, he had kind of the weird issue where he was out with the general soreness. And now we're here. And he definitely seemed frustrated after the game, but he said, you know, I'm going to be better for this team. And it was it was some good quotes he had after the game. But I just don't know. And And... You know, the Orioles announced Sunday John Means is coming back to the rotation. Means is going to start Tuesday night against the Cardinals. First time in 17 months he'll pitch on a big league mound since getting Tommy John surgery. And Means will bring the Orioles back to 
a six-man rotation after putting Cole Irvin back in the bullpen. But whether you want to stay six-man and maybe flip Irvin and Flaherty or just go back to five-man and put Flaherty in the bullpen, you might have to start thinking about doing something like that because it's just not good enough right now from Jack Flaherty. And I said it on Twitter on Saturday, like, it wasn't bad process to go get Jack Flaherty. Like, it wasn't a bad trade. I don't think the Orioles really gave up too much. They gave up, yeah, three of their top 20, 25 prospects, but none of those three guys were going to help them this year. Cesar Prieto is maybe a 2024 player, but he was really never going to play in Baltimore, and, you know, he, he doesn't really walk. He doesn't hit for a lot of power. His ceiling is is not super high. Drew Rahm, I think the Orioles had moved on from. They'll actually get to face him in a Cardinal uniform this week. He hasn't been very good since they've called him up. And then Zach Showalter's a 19-year-old pitcher in single A. You cannot count on a teenage pitcher staying healthy and being good when he finally gets to the big league. So I didn't think it was a very bad trade by the O's, and it still could turn around, but it just it, it hasn't worked out, that trade, to this point for the Orioles. Fourth thing you need to know from the crazy 13-12 win on Saturday is that Shintaro Fujinami was huge out of the Orioles' bullpen Saturday. Now, we will get to it next that the rest of the bullpen didn't do so hot. But what Fuji did was so valuable for this team on Saturday night. Fuji comes in in the fifth inning with one out, finishes out the fifth, puts up a zero, and then gets a one, two, three, six. He goes an inning and two-thirds scoreless, retires all five batters he faced with one strikeout, 24 pitches in that outing for Fujinami, who was probably the unsung hero of winning this game. Fastball looked good. He was 98 to 100, maxed out at, at you know, up to 101 with that pitch. I just, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Shintaro Fujinami. In four outings now in September for Fuji, four and two-thirds scoreless, two hits, six Ks, and no walks, including that incredible save he had Tuesday night in Anaheim. And if you go back a little further, in his last nine appearances, Fuji has gone 10 and two-thirds innings, just two runs allowed. They both came in the same appearance on eight hits, 13 strikeouts, and here's the big one. Zero walks in Fuji's last nine appearances out of the Orioles' bullpen. That was the number one knock on him, is that he just could not throw strikes consistently. He's getting guys out, and he's not walking guys. Big, big, big for the Orioles' bullpen. But the fifth and final thing you need to know from the 13-12 to victory over the Sox Saturday is that the rest of the bullpen was uh, was not great. Um, it was a struggle for pretty much everybody out there in the Orioles' pen. Now, as I mentioned, Brandon Hyde went to CNL Perez in the fourth inning of this game, and Perez didn't get a lot of help from his defense. It was kind of a theme from the weekend. We'll talk about it more when recapping Sunday's game, but... He left the game at 7-6. He gave up three hits, one unearned run, but he was getting hit hard. Five hard hit balls against Perez. Every ball in play was hard hit. That was a little concerning. Then Fuji comes in and looks good. But then Jacob Webb went out there, you know, 12-6 game in the seventh, and he did not look good at all. Two-thirds of an inning, a strikeout, but three runs on three hits for Webb. Danny Coulomb came in. He allowed three consecutive singles before getting a flyout to finally, finally strand the bases loaded and end the seventh inning. Coulomb then got one out in the eighth before leaving. Jorge Lopez came in, got it two outs, but then after you know he did strike out two batters, but he gave up a couple of hits before getting through that eighth inning with a zero. So that was nice. At least Lopez put up a zero. And then, you know, Yinier Cano was on four days rest. Yeah, it was a four-run lead, 13 to 9, but the Orioles went to him because he needed to get some work in in the bottom of the ninth inning. And that was the worst outing of the season for Yinier Cano. He did lock down the win. 
but he allowed three runs on four hits with no strikeouts and one walk and threw 32 pitches in the ninth inning on Saturday. He was looking a little bit like that Yinyer Cano of after the All-Star break where the arm angle dropped and he wasn't getting as much movement on his sinker and his changeup. He only got two whiffs on 16 swings in that ninth inning. That is concerning for him. So we will see the vertical break was down on his sinker and on his changeup, which is a really good moniker to say, hey, he's dropping that arm angle a little too much. And that's kind of what happened. He was getting hit really, really hard by Red Sox batters. And, you know, he left the tying run at third base, got a fly out to left to end the game. But man, oh man, like the Red Sox on the previous single, it was second and third, like they were down two. They could have sent the runner to the plate. Now, Austin Hayes was playing shallow. He's got the best arm in that outfield and left field, and it would have been a close play at the plate. I'm surprised the Red Sox didn't send the runner home. Cano retires the next batter, and the O's hold on for a 13-12 win, but it was not good stuff in the O's bullpen, and that game more than any so far have I missed greatly Felix Bautista, but somehow the O's found a way, right? Like, they allowed 12 runs in that game on 23 hits. The Orioles, according to Sarah Langs of MLB, are the first team since 1930, first team in almost 100 years, to allow 23 hits in a nine-inning game and still win the game. I saw someone put out there on Twitter, I think it might have been Dylan Atkinson, former podcast guest, not sure exactly who it was, but, but said the Orioles this year have won a game where they've given up 23 hits. And they've won a game where the opposing pitcher has thrown nine shutout innings. That was that extra inning one nothing win in Seattle last month. It's like, you can't tell me they're not the team of destiny, right? Wow, what a game. I mean, the heart rate was up. I don't know if I've still even recovered. And that was a winning game. Just weird games. Just weird games in Fenway all year. And it was another kind of weird game on Sunday, right? The Orioles went for the sweep, unfortunately couldn't get it, falling 7-3. to three. And we'll talk about kind of what went wrong in the series finale coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Sleeper. Now, Sleeper, this point, is the best way to play daily fantasy sports. And the MLB playoffs are right around the corner, and hopefully the Orioles are going to send themselves right into the ALDS. And that means the clock is ticking on your chance to times your money by 100 on Daily Fantasy Baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, Otani, Rutschman, and Gunnar Henderson. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like homers, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. The Sleeper app, it's super easy to use. And there's also a group and team chat function in the app where if you're doing some group contests, you can maybe do some trash talk, you know, talk with some of your opponents and the entries can be made in less than a minute. It's super quick and super easy to use. And just use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Check out sleeper today. So the Orioles were able to get two out of three from the Red Sox this weekend, winning 11-2 Friday night. That was the easy one. Winning 13-12 on Saturday, that was the hard one, but they did drop the finale 7-3 on Sunday. Were not able to get the sweep, and in a moment, talk about why that was the case. But no off days here coming up for the Orioles. They come back from a nine-game road trip, and right here tonight, they are back in action, starting a three-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, this Cardinals team has played a lot better recently. They took a series from the Braves. They took a series from the Reds. They've been looking better. But 
This team has not been good all season, and they've got one of the worst pitching staffs in baseball. Couple that with an Orioles offense that scored double-digit runs in three of its last four games. This could be a chance for the Orioles, hopefully, to sweep the Cardinals this week. And it all starts tonight for the O's. 6.35 p.m. Eastern time start at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Dakota Hudson. The right-hander gets the start for the Cardinals. Kind of been an up-down pitcher this year. Finally earned a, I guess earned in quotation marks, a regular spot in the rotation after the Cardinals traded their starters like Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery at the deadline. Hudson's not very good. The stuff isn't great. The Orioles should mash him tonight. He will go up against Dean Kramer, the right-hander who will get the ball in game one between the O's and the Cardinals. And you can listen to every single pitch of the Orioles' hometown radio broadcast of tonight's Game 1 between the O's and the Redbirds with the SXM app through SiriusXM. Just download the app and search Orioles. But I hope, you know, maybe you did listen to every pitch of the Orioles' Sunday game on the SXM app. Unfortunately, you didn't get to hear a win in that one. The O's had a chance to go for the sweep over this Boston team, couldn't get it done, losing 7-3 on Sunday. And I'll get you the five things you need to know from that one to finish out the pod. The first thing you need to know is... The offense wasn't really up for this one. As I just mentioned, the Orioles had coming in three straight games with 10 or more runs scored. Just couldn't do it. Just weren't able to get it done. Weird game. There was a rain delay early. There was a rain delay late. There was weather playing a factor all weekend at Fenway Park. And I mean, we got to talk about it. Like that first series of the year, opening day series at Fenway, was just ridiculous with that crazy opening day game. And the Ryan McKenna dropped ball and... I mean, of course, you go back to them this weekend, that crazy catch that McKenna made in right field. Kind of feels like he made up for a lot of, of what happened in game two of the year. We just had a really weird series. And again, a really weird series with a lot of runs. Nobody's pitchers can get anybody out. And that's why I wasn't super concerned about Orioles pitching this weekend because, yeah, it wasn't good, right? And, and Saturday certainly was an issue, and, and Sunday wasn't great either, as we'll get to. But it's already happened once in Fenway this year. It's just weird stuff in Fenway. And then they, they go other places, they come back home, and they look fine. So not really putting too much stock into what happened. But the offense just wasn't up like they were. They get just three runs in the Sunday game on seven hits. They were kind of scattered. It was only one extra base hit, an Adley Rutschman double. Or, excuse me, they got two of them, but initially it was just one for the O's. They only drew one walk in the Sunday game versus the fact that they struck out 11 times. It just it wasn't their day offensively. Uh, Brian Bayo was, was pretty solid for the Red Sox. Five innings, three runs, seven hits, four Ks. And no walks. The Red Sox bullpen was really good. They used their best guys uh, until the game got a, a little out of hand at the end. But yeah, just, you know, when you go on a stretch like that, you've won seven games in a row. It's, it's sometimes tough to, to finish strong at the end of a road trip. And that's kind of what happened on a, on a gross day in Boston. But the second thing you need to know from the Orioles 7-3 loss Sunday is that Adam Frazier is really the only guy who kind of showed up offensively for the O's. Got the start at second base, hitting eighth, and went two for three with a triple and two RBIs. Now, initially... They gave Adam Frazier an RBI single in the second inning, and then it was a two-base error that allowed the second run to score. Later in the game, they changed it to a triple as the ball kind of trickled past Alex Verdugo in right field. Ended up being a two-run triple that uh, put the Orioles up 3-0 at the time in the top of the second inning. So hey, nicely done by, by Adam Frazier in that moment. Third thing you need to know from this one, Really bad defense from the Orioles this weekend, and specifically on Sunday. Now, there were a couple plays that were questionable in Saturday's game, but Sunday was very bad. And two big errors, the two errors the Orioles made, led directly to five of the seven Red Sox runs. It was not good. The first one was Ramon Arias. Grayson Rodriguez was one pitch away from getting out of a jam in the third inning. Two on, two out, two strike count. 
Ground ball to third. Yeah, it was down the line, and Arias had to backhand it, but he should have picked it. He's a gold glover, and it just goes right under his glove, rolls into left field, two-run score, and it makes it a 3-2 to two game. And then later as well in the sixth inning, Ryan O'Hearn had a chance to make a play on a ground ball towards first, couldn't pick it up, goes into the corner, allows runners to advance, and eventually with two outs, Cole Irvin allows a three-run homer to Tristan Casas that basically put the game away. All three of those runs ended up being unearned because of the error. Just a tough day for Orioles defense. And once again, you know how I talked about I'm not super worried about this series. You remember back to the opening day series in Boston, the Orioles played some of the worst defense I've ever seen. I mean, that defense looked like the rebuilding year Orioles to start this season. And now they're going to go somewhere else and they're going to be fine. Just weird stuff happens in Fenway. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is Grayson Rodriguez wasn't bad. It just like wasn't his day and it was weird stuff going against him. Grayson goes just four and a third in this one. Really, it was his worst start since he's returned from AAA. He allowed two earned runs, four runs total on seven hits with six Ks, two walks, no homers, 89 pitches for Grayson Rodriguez. Again, he should have been out of the third scoreless. Arias should have made that play. He didn't. Things kind of snowballed a little bit. He tried to get back on track, just didn't have his best stuff. 11 whiffs on on 48 swings. The fastball was good. The changeup was all right. The breaking stuff wasn't the best for Grayson Rodriguez. Didn't really throw his slider much. It was tough to see the amount of lefties that he did in that Red Sox order. You just toss this one away. Really bad weather day. Really bad defense behind him. Just, you know, not a a banner day for, for any of the Orioles on Sunday. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from the Orioles' Sunday loss is that, hey, at least they didn't really have to use any of the top bullpen guys in this game. After Grayson Rodriguez left the game, they go to Cole Irvin, who did give up that three-run homer to Tristan Casas, but again, the runs were unearned because of the O'Hearn error. And Irvin gave them some nice length out of the bullpen. He goes two and two-thirds, one hit, three unearned runs, three strikeouts, and just the homer. Really, besides the homer, I mean, that was the only hit he allowed. Irvin was really good in relief besides that. And then Joey Crable gave them a scoreless bottom of the eighth as well to keep it a 7-3 game. So despite the loss, you only use Irvin and Crable, who are essentially right now, you know, right at the end of your bullpen. And you're probably going to see Crable go back down to AAA when John Means is activated on Tuesday. So despite the loss, you didn't really burn anyone in the bullpen with the no-off days coming up. And another game coming up tonight against the Cardinals. The Orioles coming off two out of three in Boston, three-game lead over the Rays, Really good chance to try and put a little more distance between them and Tampa Bay before that big series this weekend. You got a bad Cardinals team coming in. Time to bury them. And I'll be back here on the podcast tomorrow recapping game one between the Orioles and Cardinals and getting you set for the return of John Means to the Oriole Park Mound getting the start on Tuesday night. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.